Opinions and ideas expressed in the following Moraine Valley Broadcast Channel recording are those of its creators and do not represent the views of Moraine Valley Community College. Good afternoon. This is Discourse for Real with Courtney Maton, Radel Mansour, and Maggie Barsowitz. So today we're going to be discussing the types of discourse with involved in the obesity crisis. Um, I guess I'll just jump right in and start, uh, give a brief definition of discourse. Um, discourse is not only the formal discussion of a subject, as the dictionary would define it, but it's also the way in which we for- form those opinions and beliefs. That includes like the social influences around us and why do we discuss things the way that we do. So with regards to the obesity crisis, we have three different types of discourse. We have academic discourse, which includes um, the medical discourse. We have political discourse and popular discourse. Um, each different discourse has a certain tone that we use when discussing the obesity crisis. And all three types of discourse are influenced by the food industry. That's going to be a big uh, subject of discussion today, is how the food industry has a huge part in how we discuss and think about obesity. Basically, the food industry wants us to think that obesity is only due to personal responsibility, and they are not at fault for obesity. Um, so I guess I'll start talking about academic discourse. Um, so academic discourse on the obesity crisis is influenced directly by the food industry. Instead of discussing like factual evidence such as studies and surveys, um, doctors and scientists are being paid by the food industry. And uh, these same doctors and scientists are releasing misleading information uh, to the public. So it shapes our view of obesity. Yeah, uh, food industry has a very big impact on academic discourse. Big food companies pay a lot of money um, for academic research. They are very aware of what they are doing by funding many research this research uh, will actually show the benefits of the products of the sponsors. Um, I read an article called How Candy Makers Shape Nutrition Science that most of these researchers uh, are run by the sponsors before they actually get publicized so they would improve the sales. For example, like the study in which um, states that diet beverages are better for losing weight than actual water were founded by the Coke and Pepsi. It's safe to say that food industry is hijacking science for marketing purposes. I also read an article, it was in the New York Times, and in the beginning it talks about how Coca-Cola's new science-based solution to the obesity crisis is to maintain a healthy weight, get more exercise, and worry less about cutting calories. Basically, what they're saying is that it's not their product that causes obesity. They're saying that you could consume their drinks, but just make sure to exercise. But the problem is that not everyone's body works that way, and plus, a can of Coke is 12 ounces, and it has 140 calories in it. That's a lot. Like, nobody's going to say, like, they're going to drink half a can and leave the rest for tomorrow. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's also very similar to what uh, food industry does to political discourse. Food industry plays also a big role in political discourse. Like companies like um, Coke or McDonald's are always eager to work with the government on an obesity issue. 
this is exactly how they are trying to protect their business and profits. Like when Chicago City Council um, proposed soda tax in 2012 to help address the city's obesity problem, Coca-Cola went and donated $3 million to establish fitness programs in Chicago's community centers. And right shortly after that, the initiative to tax soda failed. Food industry also raised fears saying that um, government's actions about food regulations interact with uh, our personal freedom. Also, I think food industry will do basically anything to be involved in government's decision, but um, they don't do that for us. They're just doing that to look out for themselves. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I was just reading this uh, book called Food Politics, and it was written by Marion Nestle. She's a doctor, and um, she's a professor of nutrition, food, stu food studies, and public health at New York University. And in her book, she was basically saying that uh, the food corporations fund political campaigns. And when that politician wins, they pass legislation in favor of the food corporation's interest. So basically, they're paying these they're paying these politicians what to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the food industry and the companies, they're aware that they're harming us, yeah. but they just don't want to admit it. I mean, they can't because, you know, they could lose their jobs, lose, lose so much money, money, and it's just so they could save their companies, and they just want to put all the blame on us. Like, it's our responsibility. Yeah, nobody yeah, else. Because it's also inconvenient for them. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, it's kind of the same idea with popular discourse because not only are they changing the way that politicians are sending out messages, but they're changing the way that we think about about the obesity. Um, there was a poll conducted by the Harvard School of Public Health in May 2003, and it found that half of those surveyed feel that obesity is a private matter, and the other half said that it's a public health issue that society needs to help solve. So basically, we're not gathering as a country to find a solution, but we're like pushing these obese people to the side, and we're just saying you need to figure it out and fix it on your own. Okay. So it's a big part of the problem. Um, so just to give us an idea of how many people in our generation view the obesity crisis, I want to play this clip from Nicole Arbor. It's called uh, Dear Fat People. And this got over 600,000 views. So it'll give you a little idea. With the Michelin Man. Fat shaming. Who came up with that? That's fucking brilliant. Yes, shame people who have bad habits until they fucking stop. Fat shaming. If we offend you so much that you lose weight, lose, lose weight, I'm okay with that. You are killing yourself. Yeah, I'll sleep at night. Maybe I'm a little jealous that you get to eat whatever you want. Obesity is a disease. Yeah, so is being a shopaholic. But I don't get a fucking parking pass. It would make a lot of sense if I did. I'm the one with all the bags. Fat people parking spots should be at the back of the mall parking lot. Walk to the doors and burn some calories. Why are we helping them? Wanna die quicker? Come this way. It's assisted suicide. Yeah, obese people are reflected in a, such a negative light thanks to people just like Nicole Arbor that it's fat shaming them on the social media. Yeah, fat shaming doesn't really help though. Like it just hurts people. It's not gonna encourage anyone to get up and work their butts off. Like fat shaming could hurt a person in many ways and what Nicole Arbor said was wrong. Like she should have like just said all that stuff. It's not gonna help anybody in any type of way. Yeah. I it goes it does the opposite. You know? Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. 
Most of the society is eager to speak out negatively about obesity, blaming overweight people and initiating that obesity is their personal matter. And food industry has a big role when it comes to popular discourse. Like the other food industry put the blame on obese people, initiating that being overweight is a personal matter and everyone has a choice in um, what and how much to eat. Companies like Coke empathize on exercising more instead of worrying about how many calories there is in their products, which for me doesn't even make any sense since obesity issues um, all about the calorie intake. We even have um, many studies that suggest that those who consume fewer calories are able to keep it off the weight. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I mean, that's a big problem because we're not focusing on these studies when, when we talk about obesity, you know. We're focusing on just misled facts and opinions. And, um, I mean, just really shows how the food industry definitely affects and manipulates all types of discourse, including academic, political, and popular discourse. And I think that once the public becomes aware of what's going on, maybe we can actually begin to find some solutions to the obesity crisis, and we can, you know, work together as a country. Yeah, most, yeah, things, most definitely. Yeah. So um, I guess that'll wrap things up. Thank you for listening to, to Discourse, Discourse for, for Real. Thank you.